Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. <laughs> All right. Look at the giggle you hear in the background. That's producer Evan. I've Let's never, go. I've never seen you so happy. <laughs> you are you are dressed in your full Mets garb, the shirt, the hat. I don't know what there else is going on, but <laughs> yeah. you are you are literally you are literally bursting right now. The, yeah. the, the news that David Stearns is going to take over as president of the Mets. Uh, <laughs> I can't like so like why? All right, so the, this is why we're doing this, just so you can have your. Have your time to shine. You're, there you you're, go. I mean, just so you aren't talking to a wall saying how happy you are <laughs> dancing around your your place. Like, go ahead. The floor is yours. Like, how do you feel? No, yeah, it's one of those things where it was kind of expected for a while. Like, ever since that kind of like State of the Union doomsday kind of Steve Cohen address earlier in the year, I think everybody expected it because he was kind of. He was hinting at it. Obviously, he didn't go far. He didn't go as far as he did with Correa, where he actually said, you know, we're going to hire David Stearns. But he was kind of hinting at it. And um, it just felt like it was coming. And plus, it's like for I think it's at least three or four years now, we've been looking for a president of baseball operations. But it was like either the team would not allow us to interview them or they wouldn't want to take over because they didn't feel like the job security was good because we went through like a ton of guys within like a year span. But um but yeah, I think this is the guy. I mean, he grew up a Met fan, so that automatically wins him over with Met fans. And then obviously, we liked what Epler did at the edlo- uh, at the deadline, and we liked, you know, um, some of the things he did while he was here, um, especially his connection to like the Asian market and getting Senga. And then obviously, he signed Otani. Obviously, I don't know that might be a pipe dream at this point. Wait, they, they signed they Otani. Well, no, oh, no. Oh, Epler oh, signed oh, Otani when he was with yes, the Angels. He did a sign Otani. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, so I it's like his connection there. This would have been a quite a day for you guys. <laughs> yeah. So his David, connection. David Stern's in Otani. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. So yeah. Well, first of all, like Evan, like you're you're beaming and you're bursting, but it's like everyone knew this was going to happen. Like, yeah. Every, didn't, didn't didn't we? 
I mean, I, I guess so. I, I guess you like, were waiting. You were uh, uh, before you talk. Yeah, I guess like when you've gone through the season that you've gone through, there is no such thing as certainties in the Mets world, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. And especially uh, because, I mean, it seemed like he was kind of come to the Mets, but then over the past couple of weeks, and I don't know if it was just for the sake of getting news out there, but you had all these people coming and saying like, oh, the Astros want him and he has that connection because that's where he went to Milwaukee from. And then, you know, if the Red Sox decide to part ways with Bloom, they might be in on him for all we know. So that was when it was starting to get like, okay, maybe they might not get Stearns. They're going to get somebody. But then now this breaks kind of out of nowhere today. And it was one of those things where you were expecting it like in the off season. So when it breaks on September 12th, you're like, whoa, that was crazy. That came out of nowhere. So, all right. So, awesome. so you're happy because you've yeah. got a name, you got a name, you got a president sure. of baseball operations. You got the guy that Steve Cohen uh, or the position that Steve Cohen says, was you were going to get and you didn't have to sort of keep going down a list of having people turn you down maybe theo yeah. turned him down who knows yeah. but but you've got a guy that like he's he's from there right he's correct he's yeah he's from brooklyn i was just listening to brian kenny say it again i mean i think i've read it like tim Britton, obviously and all these guys all the Mets reporters have talked about it but he like grew up a Met fan. He's from Brooklyn, right out of I think he went to Harvard, I believe. So right he out did. of Harvard, he was a he was like a low level Mets guy before he went on and did all the other stuff. But um, so like he has connections to the city and obviously to the team in the past. So I just felt like it was a good fit, and especially with all his resume stuff. You know? Right. Oh, so okay, that's great. Congratulations, good for you. <laughs> but, but. Like you got the guy, you're feeling happy, but like, how, how is this going to manifest itself? Like, this is the big question because we look at a lot of people said, I, I just saw, I forget who it was. said this is the biggest front office move since Andrew Friedman went from the race to the Dodgers. And we know <laughs> like, and we know how that worked. I mean, that worked yep. perfectly where exactly. you had that like philosophy and you were building it up until you guys actually flex your, your financial might. And then you do that and then you draft well, and all of it came together. Yeah. So what the David Stearns and we're going to have on Tim Britton uh, of the athletic uh, for tomorrow's podcast. But uh, what is the thing that you like for you? Like, what is the thing like, okay, this is what needs to be done and this is what he's going to do. Yeah, true. Um, well, I mean, in Milwaukee, they've been winning for like, I don't know, ever, ever since he's been there, they made the playoffs at least, I think, or at least I think they said four out of seven. So a little more than 500 in his years there, but he's just respected around the game. You know, he's got a lot of high praise. Um, and obviously, like you were saying with Friedman, you know, like he was restricted by his owner, whereas now with Steve Cohen, Last month, they cleared out the entire front office. They fired the director of player development, uh, Kevin Howard. They they basically, I, I, this seems like Buck might be on a short leash too, and they're going to bring in his own guys. So it just seems like he's going to kind of have his takeover and he's going to be able to do, you know, put his spin on really every part of the organization, which seemed like it was kind of, you know, getting run by and was kind of getting outdated. And obviously we saw that by signing, you know, 40 plus year old pitchers to like so you don't, you don't, you don't think David Stearns is to making those deals I don't think so because he's just his mind would be like that's bad value whereas you know the fans mind is like obviously with my mind and you know all the Met fans mind is like oh my god big names great but then in David Stearns you know 
with the Brewers, I don't think he signed like a 40 plus year old pitcher and been like, this guy's going to be Cy Young stuff for the next three what years. Is, so have you done the exercise of looking at the Brewers of how they built that whole thing up? Like the yep. trades that they made, um, you know, we can look at like Sal Freelick and say, oh, a good draft pick. And like we can look at guys that they have that have worked. But yeah, you know, we're trying to find the blueprint about how he's going to do this, right? This is what exactly. we're desperate. And I know that you're re- not really because you're just giddy that you, you got a name. <laughs> Yay! Someone wanted to come to the Mets. <laughs> there you uh, go. Uh, but a bit, we have to figure out like sort of like how he's going to go about doing this because the Mets are in a weird spot where you don't, you know, it, I was just talking to um, a player about this. We're talking about the Rays, about how, you know, the Rays do it this way where this first for pitchers, this running a ton of pitchers through and some hit, but yeah. in a market like New York and Boston, you can't do that. Like you can't do that. Cause there can't, you can't just, you, you, you can't, you, you can't just not go with the certainty of it. So, and I think the Brewers payroll was probably what somewhere in between somewhere in the middle, if I had to guess. Right. Yeah. Like I think they spent halfway decent, but it was like, it wasn't obviously like the Oakland A's where they're spending like, you know, five bucks on a player, but it also wasn't obviously the Mets where we're paying everybody like 20 plus million a year, even if you're on the end of our bench. So, but I tell you what, Evan, I, the thing is that the Mets did and credit Epler for this and credit for Steve Cohen for spending the money the right way of paying, paying down on contracts on yeah. on Scherzer and Verlander to get better prospects. I mean that that was the smartest use of their money, you know? Yeah, really. no doubt. And I feel like the way that it kind of looks like with the Brewers is pitching is obviously key there. They become like a relief pitching factory. I mean, they lose out, you know, they get rid of Hater or they, yeah, they get rid of Hater. And Devin Williams becomes the new guy. This guy, Abner Uribe, becomes a stud out of simply nowhere. And then they also acquired the guy you were just talking about on our power rankings, uh, Joel Pamias. They acquired oh, him pie, as part of that. Pyeps. 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 Yeah. They acquired him um, as part of that uh, Wilson Gutierrez trade. Well, so he's like, he he was like, he was more of a. Like he was like a, with fifty organizations. Yeah, he was just like a throwing guy, and he's, yeah, and, and maybe that's you know this is what we and we've talked a lot about this on the podcast about the organizations that find the guys and then they they make the best of the, these guys. Yeah, the Brewers, I would think, is sort of like to your point, they're of that mind. Like I don't know if the Mets have like the Mets have more been like we're going to pay for Ottavino, we're going to pay for Robertson. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna pay for these guys, you know, Edwin Diaz. I mean, the the contract they gave Edwin Diaz, I don't think that David Stern's given Edwin Diaz that contract. Yeah, because it's like I know, and when they were saying it, and I still think it's true. I mean, I hope he bounces back and has a good year after the injury next year. But it's kind of like a tricky thing because when they gave him that contract, they're like, yeah, he clearly deserves it. He's like a generational relief pitcher, along with Hater, who's going to be on the market this year. But at the same time, it's like relievers are so fickle and they could be they could go from being the best reliever in the world to like have a you know five year array next year. So that's the tricky thing about giving big money like that. But, yeah, I think it's I think the way he looks at it and the way that it's kind of worked out by us acquiring all these young guys for these aging veterans is that I think he like wants to keep the core guys, obviously, except, you know, you never know with Pete Alonzo. I don't know if that's still going to be a thing. I imagine it still will be. But 
He has the core guys locked up, and then he's probably going to try to get as many of these young guys, these prospects, and if they turn out great, he's going to try to get those in the rest of the holes. And then I think like what he's done with the Brewers is he just like plugs in the gaps with the guys. Like I know he didn't really have much of a hand in this year, but you look at this year, like most of their team is young guys. And then he said like, and then, you know, obviously they acquire Wilson Gutierrez and it's like, okay, we plug in that hole. Like that's kind of, we all we had to do was give away a Ruiz and we get one of the better catchers in the game. And then they get Mark Canna and uh, Santana at the deadline. So it's kind of like, yeah, we'll get these veteran guys to plug in the holes, but we're not going to like make them prevent us from calling up the young guys. All right. So in synopsis, what is, I, I, does every, does the majority of the Mets fandom feel as giddy as you do right now? I think without a doubt. I mean, obviously the Pete Alonso thing might, might derail it a little bit. (laughs) if He trades away Pete Alonso. I mean, you know, it might be best for business at the end of the day by the way he looks at it, but obviously that would be a big blow to his probably reputation with best fans. But as of right now on September uh, 12, 2023, I think the majority, if not all, of Mets fans are super happy to have him. So. All right. Well, I'm happy that you're happy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Good job. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.